0: In Leipzig, Germany, near the campus of Leipzig University, there is a monument, a statue that honors the German author, statesman, and academic philosopher Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. And what's so profound about this statue is that his head is turned in one direction so that his eyes are facing the university, but his feet are situated in such a way that they are turned towards the taverns where he spent a little too much of his time. And this statue, it, it tells a story of a divided life, a conflict of interests. It tells a story of a man whose head wants to go in one direction, but his feet just keep pulling him toward another direction. Geta even once said of himself that there is enough stuff in me to make both a gentleman and a rogue. You know, you and I are a lot like this, aren't we, as followers of Jesus? I mean, our heads and our hearts want to walk in the way of Jesus. We want to honor Him and obey Him, but... Man, our feet sometimes just want to take us in a different direction. Martin Luther King Jr. said that each of us is something of a schizophrenic personality. We're split up and divided against ourselves, and there is something of a civil war going on within all of our lives. You know, I think of the classic Christian hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. There's that one line that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And I think that most of us who've been following Jesus for some time, we know this reality. I mean, we love Jesus. We want to honor him, but my goodness, we're, we're just so prone to wander, aren't we? So prone to taking our eyes off of Jesus and walking in the wrong direction. And, we, and often we face difficult circumstances and storms and pressures that, that, that force us to, to, to that, that try to compel us to take our eyes off of him. You know, we're currently in a sermon series studying the life of the Apostle Peter, and this was Peter's struggle as well. He was a divided man. We see it throughout his whole life, and this divided life is seen very clearly in our text this morning from Matthew chapter 14. It's the story of when Jesus walked on the water in a storm and called Peter to walk with him. And in this story, we see both Peter's incredible faith and we see a man of doubt and fear. And so let's look together this morning at Matthew chapter 14. And to set the context, Jesus has just performed a miracle. He's fed 5,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. But look at this. As soon as they fed the crowds, the text says that immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there all alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land. So here's, here's this, the context here. Jesus sends his disciples to go on without him. He essentially says, hey guys, I'll catch up with you later. And now he's up on a mountain and he's been praying probably for several hours now. And by this time, the disciples in the boat are well into their trip across the Sea of Galilee. They are far from shore. They are in the middle of the lake in the deepest and most treacherous, dangerous waters. And not only that, they're facing a storm. It says the wind is blowing them off course. The waves are crashing into the boat. The the text this morning says that they were being beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Now, this is totally understandable reaction, isn't it? I mean, to be afraid when you see someone walking on the water. I mean, these guys were fishermen. And these are guys that had spent plenty of time on the water, and they knew better than anyone that people don't walk on water. And that's that's why they're scared. They see something that's not normal. This is totally new territory for them. And not only are they dealing with the stress of the storm at this point, but they now see some human-looking creature standing in the middle of the lake. Of course they're scared. I mean, I certainly would be, wouldn't you? But verse 27 says, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. You see, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of great fear, Jesus says to them, Do not be afraid, take heart. And before we go any further in this story this morning, I want to make this point. And that is that storms have a way of obliterating our sense of control and self-sufficiency. You know, most of us like to think that we're in pretty good control of our lives, don't we? I mean, we take on careers that give us meaning and status. We save our money or we buy certain things to give us a sense of security. We pursue relationships so we won't be alone. We engage in hobbies to give us pleasure and excitement. And we think that if we can just accumulate enough of these things that we'll be pretty secure and that we'll be protected against pain and trouble and we treat these things like lifeboats in a sense. We think as long as we're in the boat of success or security or recognition or relationships or health, we'll be safe, we'll be fine. But I don't know about you, but the year of 2020 has taught me that very few things in this life are certain. Our careers, our finances, our plans, relationships, our health, those things can be stripped away from us at any moment. You see, if a storm is big enough, I mean it can capsize even the strongest boat and that 's what 's happening to the disciples in this moment. Some of these guys I mean they were professional fishermen, and they had been in plenty of storms before but but this one was different i mean they weren 't able to overpower and outmaneuver this one and, and that, this is why they were so scared and you know that 's how many of us are feeling right now there's so many storms raging all around us in this moment that we 're living in we're dealing with the stress of trying to stay healthy and not spread a virus, and we're dealing with struggles of unemployment or working from home. I mean, we also struggle with the fact that we don't know the future. We don't know what our jobs will look like in two months. We don't know when schools will open back up. We don't know when our church will be able to worship together in the same room again. And we really we don't even know if a second wave is going to come or not. And we live in fear of these things. And that's not to mention at all the, all the other stuff that's going on in our country right now. I mean, it's an election year. Tensions seem to be higher than ever before. And we just don't know anything. We don't know what's going to happen. 2020 is the storm that has destroyed our sense of control. And just like the disciples were in the boat, afraid, their strength was overpowered, their confidence was shaken... So we are at this moment in time. Our sense of control has been obliterated. Our sense of self-sufficiency has been just wiped away. And so how do we move forward? How do we move forward? How can we have hope in the middle of the storm? Well, our story continues, and this is where Peter comes into the story. Peter sees Jesus walking on the waves, and look at what Peter does. It says in verse 28, it says that Peter answered him, and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And here's the next point that I want to make from our text this morning. And it's this. When facing storms, our greatest hope is not in the boat, but it's in Jesus. You see, many of us have essentially have what are essentially functional saviors in our lives. A functional savior is something at your core that you depend on. It's the thing that you go to. It's what you turn to for significance and for security. It is, in essence, your lifeboat. And sometimes there will be storms in your life that will come into your world and they will expose to you just how unreliable and how fragile your lifeboat is. And so if you're banking on the lifeboat of health, there's the storm of sickness. If you're clinging to the lifeboat of beauty, there's the storm of age. And for the lifeboat of wealth, there's the storm of recession. And for the lifeboat of success, there's the storm of loss or failure. And you know, many people ask when these storms come into their lives, how can God allow this? Well, perhaps God is allowing that storm in your life to expose just how weak your functional saviors are so that you will trust Him as your Savior. You see, when your boat is destroyed, that is when you can look to Him to be the one that carries you through the storm. And what I love about this story is there's this detail in the very beginning where it says that Jesus was up on a mountain praying until evening. And it's very possible that Jesus was able to see the disciples crossing the sea while he was up on that mountain praying. I mean, he was, he was up and he could look out over the water and see where they were in the storm. They couldn't see him and they didn't know where he was, but he knew where they were. And I want you to know right now that I know that many of you are fighting a brutal storm in your life today. And as hard as you try, you feel like you, can, you just cannot see God right now. But that is not nearly as important as the fact that God can see you. And not only that, in His grace and in His mercy, Jesus steps out into the storm and walks on the water toward you, even in the midst of what you're facing. And when Peter sees Jesus on the water, Peter shows this incredible display of faith. He says, Jesus, hey, if that's you, call me out of the boat and into the water with you. Now that is an act of faith. And I think faith is what so many of us need right now. We're trying to hold on to whatever sense of control we have in this world, and we're slipping. And Jesus is calling us to let go of whatever it is that we're holding on to and walk toward Him in faith, believing that He can hold us steady in the storm. And this is a great display of Peter's faith in this moment. I mean, he steps out on the water, he begins to walk on the water, but it doesn't last long. Verse 30 says that when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now my final point this morning that I want to make is that in our storms, we must keep our eyes on Jesus. Peter stepped out of the boat in an incredible act of faith, but faith is not a one-time decision. We must maintain and keep our faith in our storms. And Peter, while he had the faith to step out onto the water, the very moment he felt a gust of wind, he turned his eyes from Jesus and put his attention back on the storm, and he became afraid again, and that's when he started slipping. And you know, so many times when we think about our circumstances or when we think about the future, we become overwhelmed with fear and worry. And ultimately, I think, that a lot of our worry and a lot of our disobedience and a lot of our stress simply comes from the fact that we really do fail to trust Jesus. We worry and we think, is He going to provide for me? Am I ever going to get married? Will He take care of my family? And you know, when we worry, what we're doing is we're imagining a future where Jesus is either absent or He no longer cares. When we worry, we are looking at the potential problems ahead, but we're not looking at his help in the midst of it. But listen, the same Jesus that is with us here today will be with us tomorrow. And the same Jesus that gave Peter the ability to take the first step out on the water will be there to give him his second step and his third and his fourth. And so when we step out to follow Jesus, we are trusting that he will make a way for us even though the storms rage around us. And I think about this image of Peter falling into the water. Waves are crashing over his head as he drowns, and Jesus is just standing firmly atop the waves like it's no problem. And he reaches his hand down to pull Peter back up and to save him. You see, Jesus was standing on the water that Peter was drowning in. The very thing that threatened to overtake Peter was under Jesus' feet. And I want you to know this morning, church, that the waves that threaten to overwhelm you today are under Jesus' feet. Jesus is walking on the water that you are drowning in. So keep your eyes on Him in the storm. He is trustworthy. I was talking to my dad this week, and one of my dad's hobbies is that he has his pilot's license, and he likes to fly small planes. And We were talking about you know these plane crashes and he said that many times the cause of a plane crash is because a pilot gets caught in a storm and when they get caught in a bad storm they lose visibility the sky becomes black and rain clouds cover the windows of the plane and when this happens a pilot can easily become very disoriented and the way that g-force works you know pilots can sometimes feel in their bodies like up is down and down is up and In these situations, an inexperienced pilot might panic based on what they feel in their body. They may feel like their altitude is increasing and so they navigate and they adjust the plane based on their feeling and they end up turning the plane into a nosedive. But experienced pilots, my dad says, they know that when they lose visibility, when the sky becomes dark and when the storm rages all around them, that they can't trust their feelings. In those moments, you have to trust your instruments. You have to trust what the gauge on the dashboard says because that gauge and those instruments are truer than your feelings. Those instruments on the panel, they have proven to be more accurate than what a pilot feels in their body. And so in a storm, a pilot must put aside what they feel and keep their eyes on their instruments. And likewise, when we find ourselves facing storms, when we can't see what's in front of us, We have to trust what we know to be true. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. On the cross and in His resurrection, Jesus shows that there is nothing that has power over us any longer. On the cross, Jesus proves that He is with us in our suffering and at the resurrection, Jesus proves that He has power over our suffering. Storms come and go. Sometimes very bad ones will come into your life, but ultimately we have nothing to fear because Jesus has defeated death and He has the power to cover our failures and He has the power to walk with us in our storms. And like Peter, we, we're going to have moments of great faith where we follow Jesus out on the water, but also like Peter, we have moments where we lose our faith and we look away. Prone to wander, Lord, we feel it. But the story of Peter's life shows us that whenever we look away, Jesus is still there, to stretch out His arm to save us. Let me pray for you this morning, Crossroads. Father in heaven, we thank you that even in the storms, you are with us, that you are walking on top of the waves that threaten to overwhelm us. And when our boat is crashing and when the the wind is tossing us to and fro, God, you call us to step out into the water where you are. And Father, even when we look away, and we slip and fall back into the the waters, God, your arm reaches down and saves us. God, because of the cross, we know that you love us, and we know that you're willing to suffer with us. And because of the resurrection, we know that suffering is only temporary because you're bringing new life. And God, we we thank you today for the hope of the gospel that says that even the, the worst of storms that we face today cannot overtake us because you've given us abundant and eternal life. And God, we thank you for these things. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, we're about to sing one last song. And while we're singing, if you need someone to pray with you, if you have questions about God or faith or anything, we've got a team of leaders that are ready to pray with you individually in a private chat. And so if you look in the bottom of your screen, you'll see a button that says live prayer. while While we're singing in a moment, if you just click that button, it will open up a private chat between you and one of our leaders, and one of our leaders would love to pray with you. So as we sing, would you please take advantage of that? We look forward to praying with you. Thank you, Crossroads. love you so much.